Hello, and welcome back to another Into the Gray podcast. So today, I thought it'd be perfect and appropriate to actually interview Jody. <laughs> because Jody has a podcast called Father's Fire. And Father's Fire has been going on for how many years now? Three years. Three. It's wow. hard to believe. It's been three years. Yeah, wow. 228 episodes. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's and, been fun. And it's, well, I'm going to interview him because I want you to know what it's about. But it's like, um, actually, probably a helpful genesis to our podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has helped a little bit because it's um, led into a lot of conversations that I've had with other men that have bled into our family and to how we raise our kids. And I just think, you know, there's so many, so many nuances <laughs> to being yeah. a parent. Yeah. Um, and it's even more complicated when you're divorced or separated or you have death or, well, you know, it just, so yeah, it's been quite uh, the journey. Let's kind of give them a preface of what it is. So I'm going to ask you some questions that I just want about Father's Fire because it really is appropriate for Into the Gray. And I want you to just give us a short synopsis of what is Father's Fire about? Well, basically, um, I guess it helps if you understand the genesis of the podcast. Years ago, I was listening to a podcast where two men were talking about their experience or lack of experience with their father. And as I was listening to that, I was like, man, I keep hearing this narrative of deadbeat dads, missing dads, abusive dads. And I'm like, that wasn't my experience. And I know that there are a lot of good men out there trying to be good fathers. So I'm like, you know what? Let's talk about fatherhood in a positive light. And let's try to find men who are trying to be good dads, even though maybe they don't have the formula. And so that's how it started. So the whole mission of the conversation that I'm having and dialogue with these men is to ignite the fire within men to become better fathers and better husbands and ultimately better men because they're focusing on the things that are most important and that's their family. Okay. Okay. So this is good. Um, because with father's fire, obviously you're, you're speaking specifically to dads or about dads. Yes. Um, which obviously uh, you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're focusing dads and men and male issues. Yes. Is that kind of things? Yes. Okay. So, it's really great for into the gray in the sense that obviously I think what maybe what you're alluding to, and we can talk about this is that there is, there was, or is a still is a black and white stigma about how men should be. And, oh, yeah, definitely. and I'm going to assume that men should be kind of thing is obviously bleeding not only into their into being a male but also how they raise their kids as a father and all of that which needs to change is what i'm i'm hearing this black and white thinking and that's why the into the gray you really bring that about um how a father could be so maybe what i'd like you to do is so that's the genesis of your father's fire what are maybe some maybe three main issues, if you can think of those things um, that have, uh, that you find most common that have that black and white thinking 
that you're trying to help men see that it's okay to be gray? Well, I think there's one of the, the prominent just figures in my conversations is that there is a hole in a lot of men's hearts in the shape of their father in that their father wasn't present. He was working all, all the time. He was abusive. He had addictive qualities and stuff. And so one of, one of the things that I consistently see is that men are trying to figure out how to be a father when they had a father figure that was masculine and rugged and demanding. And there is this stereotype that we as dads have to be tough, right? We have to be masculine and we can't embrace the gentler side of being empathetic and understanding and kind. And so I think a lot of men are struggling because they're trying to figure out this balance of how do, how do I be a man? How do I teach my kids how to have responsibility and work ethic and teach their, their, the roles in their family? And even those roles are changing, right? In the past, I mean, you think about my dad, you know, he went to work and he came home and mom did everything else at the house except for the outside work. Okay. Right? So you mean your, your parents were like the, I, I want to say the, the kind of the accepted tradition back then where it was like the men worked, they came home and they did nothing at the house and the women did everything else. Yeah, exactly. Meaning take care of the kids. But I feel like your dad um, really involved themselves with the kids. He did. And, and that, and, and that's the difference. And that, I think that was the difference so he because kind of broke I that had barrier that, there. That's the example you had. Yeah. I had that example of a dad mm -hmm. that was involved in our life. He took us camping. You know, we weren't, a, we were a poor family. We were in the Navy, but there was also this very rigid expectation. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Right. And, and so that bled into, a lot of our life. Right. But I think a lot of men, especially when I talk to other men, you know, they either had a dad that was out completely absent, or if he was in that house, he was so domineering that it intimidated the kids. Mm, okay. And they weren't, they, they, they responded out of fear, not out of love and respect. Right. Right. I, I could see what you're saying there. And that was like the generation of that time. So that brings me to two questions. One, what is kind of the age range that you're seeing? Cause I know that you um, interview a lot of men and um, in, I actually know that they're not really like friends as in, you know, them personally, but these were people that you respect on either Instagram or something that you found them on. So what age range are you finding this kind of, issue with um is it kind of like our age range or younger or older or what are you finding well well i think the there's a couple issues there right i think across the board all ages there is this the a lot of men struggling with having an absent father or an abusive father you know this this scar that is in their heart and the, that is the shape okay, of their father, of right? Regardless of what generation. But there also is this, and I would say it's from 30 to 50. A lot of men are going, you know what? The way that I saw a dad being 
it doesn't have to be that harsh. Okay. It doesn't have to be that rugged. And they're trying to wrestle with how do I redefine what a dad looks like, not only for me, but also for my kids. Or what a man looks like. Or because, what a man looks like. Because right. here's the here's the term that I've heard even, you know, like a, you say, even this is probably prior to you starting your podcast, but I've heard you say to other guys, like, what'd you do? Lose your man card? Or, <laughs> and I'm like, just because he was helping his wife or something. And you guys just kid about it and joke about it. But I mean, and probably amongst more your like close friends or brothers close peers, yeah, and brothers, but obviously, you know, it, it does then it's, it's others hear it, right? Like children, yeah. sure. wives, sure. you know, and, and then that bleeds into like how we would feel about, you know, how I would feel in our family too. I mean, granted, you've never been obviously yourself domineering in our family. Why? Because I wouldn't allow that. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be a wrestling match. But that's just not who you are. So anyways, that, that way, but I'm saying like that kind of like, um, uh, just even that in itself, it's like, what's wrong with when you say, I, I, you just said this earlier and I know this is part of what, how you're helping um, other men, but it's like, how do I be a man and have a gentler side? And that's really interesting because because, and, and maybe this is going to be a podcast for a second time, but because like w women who try to, um, uh, uh, what is it like be more, you know, show their, I'll call it feminine side, but being stronger are shown as like, what are you trying to be a dude? You know? And it's like, how is me wanting to like, I don't know, uh, assert myself, <laughs> uh, be, you know, be just independent, strong person. I, you know, how does that even equate to like, you're being a dude? It's like, you're just being a person. You're just being a person. And why couldn't a guy who wants to be more gentler, um, because I get it. That's just, you know, what you're saying is that, that that's not what they've seen. That's not how they've, um, seeing the examples in their lives um, and how do they wrestle with that now? How do they break that barrier? To me, it's almost like screw what everybody says. I don't, I can't. And I know that's hard because actually when we'll say this, because I am struggling that with myself and many things because of this, um, we got to be the dude. We got to be the man. We got to be the patriarch. We got to be, you know, we lead the home, we preside. It's kind of like those kind of things. Those were ingrained in our generation yeah. and before. Sure. And you see that in society and we're trying to, we're trying to cross that. We're still working on crossing that over. And the only way I feel like we're doing that is one, being vocal about it, saying you can be a guy and be gentle because that is part of your nature. I mean, think of who created us, parents. Right? right. Our heavenly parents. Sure. So God is all loving. Why can't we show that? Why does it have to be? Why do you feel like there is that? Well, I think there's two issues. <laughs> there's two issues. I and I, itching I, why, I, why I interrupted you because yeah, you need to. <laughs> I, I think there's two issues. One, from a very young age, boys and girls have been taught to deal with their emotions differently. 
Yeah. So you think about a young girl, she's outside playing, right? And she trips and everybody runs and picks her up. Oh, are you okay? Oh, you know, cry it out. Tell me how you feel, right? That, and she gets a lot of attention. She's enabled to express her hurt. A boy, on the other hand, same scenario, out running in the street, falls down, and he skins his knee. And what's what's the response? Yeah, get up, just get brush up, it off. just You're brush fine. it off. It's Keep a going. flesh wound, you know. Come on, it's a scar. It's a man's scar, right? It's it's a it's a mark of manhood, right? And so, boys are never taught really how to one recognize their emotions, two embrace those emotions, and three how to productively deal with them. And recognize that they're real because both men and women have the exact same mo emotions right. and feelings, but women have been taught to embrace those and talk about them. And men and little boys have been taught not to. And sometimes actually, oh, sorry. Well, I can and, tell you and the follow-up, the follow-up to that is, and I hear this consistently across men, they they say, Look, if I become vulnerable and I express how I feel with my wife, a lot of times she uses it as a weapon against me down the road. Oh, and all of a sudden, you know, she's viewing me as weak when she wanted me to express my feelings. So now I'm coming to her. I'm opening my heart. And instead of being a safe space where he can grow with you and you can grow together, it turns into, oh, you're just weak. Mm. And, and it flips on the man. So now he's wrestling with, one, you just you wanted me to express my feelings, but now you're not giving me a safe, safe space to do that. You're not, I, I'm trying to entrust my heart and my feelings with you, and you're not reciprocating, but you're expecting it. Right. And I think that probably then at that point, one, there's a relationship situation there that is a trust issue or whatever that is that they have to work out. Right. Yeah. And, but two, just like you were saying, I think that then because that's just how that she's probably already seen maybe her dad be the strong one, the one that doesn't show emotion. So then wait, I want to, you know what I mean? It's that, it's right. that trying to cross over blend, but then wait, I still want that traditional um, strong side of you that, it's, it's, it's kind of a paradox of like, I, I see the dynamic and we've just have to evolve around it and keep talking about it. I just yeah. think you just have to keep talking about it so that eventually becomes like, that's the norm. This is the norm. It's okay. Talk about your emotions. Because when you, when you do say about, you know, the, I can see the aspect of the girls are being, you know, coddled and cared for, which is interesting because we didn't do that. No, we did not do that. <laughs> we didn't do that because <laughs> our girls will eat you for lunch. Because we wanted, be, <laughs> yeah, it's a little snack, but because we we definitely wanted our children to be strong just on their own. Yes. Well, the, I mean, regardless of gender, we didn't care about that. We were like, you're just, you're going to be strong. Doesn't mean we like, eh, get up. And, but we also saw what happened. Like, let's just say they fell. We saw what happened, you know, assess the situation. Like, are they bleeding to death? <laughs> Do they need 911? Or is it something they're like, hey, you know, because you can tell when a kid falls, they're really like looking around. Is somebody looking? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, oh. 
But if they do come to you, I mean, we obviously weren't perfect parents and I don't even know what perfect is. We definitely made mistakes and stuff like that in that sense of how do we care for our children and with their emotions and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I think what it is too, and we know this, that when you are trying to change a habit that you see is like, Ugh, I don't really like this in myself. You swing that pendulum, the one oh, strong, the one, one way. Yes. And then it also can come back and it keeps doing that until you find a place where it's like balanced. And I think that's what you're trying to help other men see in father's fire is like, it is okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to, and when you say that, you know, but then it backfires on them. Okay. But that's backfires because it's being weaponized because also that um, partner has had that situation being weaponized on yeah. them. So it's, it's kind of that both. And it always has to work on communication. So the pendulum swinging and eventually you find a spot where that kind of is balanced and trying to blend that. So how, what do you suggest when you're talking to these other men? Like what happens to allow them? Because I, I, what I'm hearing from you a lot is that there was the absentee dad or the working too much dad, but then the, the here's a, okay, here's a good example or a thought that I had. So, that's what they feel that they need to do, right? The, you, you mentioned roles. Um, I actually don't like roles in the household because I'm like, a role is like acting. It's not real to me. It's more of relationships. Like my children are not a role. They don't play a role of children, our children. I don't play a role of, you know, a housewife. I am doing your, uh, you know, a your partner, we're partners. Right. I was like, what do you call, what do you call a house husband? Okay. I was like a housewife, <laughs> house husband. I mean, we don't have those. I don't like that term role. That's just me. Yeah. But, but that's just what's been, you know, used a lot. But I think of relationships. I think of how we interact with each other in the household, you know, to have, um, to make it harmonious, to work together, whatever that might be, you know, I do think of you do stuff outside mostly. I do stuff inside mostly because I uh, like yard work <laughs> and I don't know you, I don't really care for housework, but I do it because we got to, but I think we just kind of like, did we traditionally fall into these? No, rooms? I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that was tradition or what. I mean, it's just like, I, you know, I don't enjoy yard work. I definitely don't like gardening, but I don't, you know, I don't mind being out in the yard and working. I, I just like my home to look nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. That's and pretty just much like we gotta you, get it done. Right. It's, it's got to be done. So it's just one of those things. That's right? true. So I'll it's go not out really a role or you do this, I yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just kind of, it just kind of happened. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's one of the things that, that a lot of couples struggle with is they, they have this idea of you do this and I do that. And there's no blending, right? And you and I have mm. been very unintentionally and in, in, intentionally very strategic that it's about us, right? It's about our family. What do we do to make you and I happy? What do we make, do to make our family happy? 
And, and I think a lot of families struggle with creating that unity um, within each other. Yeah. And, and this, and this actually comes back to what I wanted to ask about is, so if the example has always been, look, I got to go to work, like the guy's got to go to work, the man's got to go to work, provide for his family. Okay. And then, um, the mom's staying home because that's just what, maybe that's what she's choosing to do, or that's just what she wants traditionally, whatever. So if that's all that he's ever known, how are, but, but he didn't have like an absentee dad. That's just what he's always seen, that kind of thing. How are you guys talking or what are you guys talking about to help break that so that, because then you have not only do you have a burned out dad because he's like just working 24 seven because that's what he's supposed to do and provide. And now he's an absentee dad, absentee dad, just like, right. Because, because he's working, because he's working time. because he's supposed yeah. to provide mom's always home. And so now she's always taking care of the kids, always take everything in the house and whatever else. And not only the house, obviously there's the extra stuff now because the kids have all these extra stuff. And then now she's resentful and he's resentful. I mean, I'm assuming you've talked to oh, yeah. guys like that. What is, what is that? I think one of the challenges is that I think men have, especially if they have this traditional I work and you take care of the house mentality, when they come home, there's this kind of expectation that I've worked all day and, you know, I get to sit back and relax. And she for, and he and forgets she, that and, she's been working all day too. And she's been working all day <laughs> too in the house. And for some reason, a lot of men don't, see mm -hmm. they don't view it as equal right it's like she's been working all day and i've been working all day but so now when we come home we need to work together so that we can get our home in a good place so that we can both relax right and is it do you think it's viewed that way like i've been working so hard outside the home to make money and you're not making any money so that your job is viewed as I, not. I, yes. I there mean, are I, a lot of men that, that have that view. And, and it's, it's, it's frustrating to me. Cause I, cause I, I understand the real impact that women, especially those women who have chosen to stay at home and they're dealing with, you know, poopy diapers and whiny kids and feeding them. And dude, that is emotionally draining. I mean, and if you don't appreciate that what your wife is doing, dude, you need a reality check in my opinion. You know, it's just like when, you know, years ago I, you know, I was asked by, by our, our, our bishop to go and work with a young family in our ward that was having some challenges. And so I go over and I have a really good relationship with this young couple. They have two kids. And um, so I, I made an appointment to go over. Right. And I knock on the door and this gentleman yells for me to come in. I come in and he's literally sitting at the, on the couch playing video games and there's a little baby and the diaper is just reeking. I mean, I can smell it. I'm like, dude, how do you not smell that? How come you don't then, right? And there's a baby in a high chair and his wife's around the corner cooking, right? And, um, and the baby in the high chair is crying. And, and I go in and I go, dude, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm playing video games. I'm like, you're, dude, you got a, a young kid in a poopy diaper. You got a crying baby and your wife's over there cooking. And, and he's like, well, I've been working all day. I go, and she hasn't. 
So was he expecting the baby to change his own diaper? I don't know. I'm just was like, it was clue. And I'm wondering, like, like dude, is she going to stop cooking to go change the I was the diaper? literally mind blown. I'm like, dude. And, and they were kind of having, you know, not only, you know, just relationship and issues. He was also struggling with, you know, intimacy issues and all this stuff. And I'm like, and I flat out told him, I go, how do you expect your wife to even have any remote desire to be with you when you come home you plop your butt on the couch start playing video games and you got a poopy diaper on one kid you got a crying baby on the other and she's uh cooking dinner and you expect something to happen later in the night you have to come home and be invested right and so i'm having a lot of these discussions with men to help them understand that look a relationship being a father being a husband is about being engaged in every aspect. Yes, you work. Yes, you bust your butt. Guess what? So does she. It's just in a different place. Right. That's her office. Her office That's her office. Is at the house. Here's the thing. Okay. So I've heard this too. It's like when the dad is doing all this stuff, and then later he's more resentful, not only with intimacy and all that other stuff, but he's more like, well, you didn't need me. You know, you started, you know, talking to the wife, you started doing all this other stuff and you didn't really need me anymore for all these other, and she's like, well, you never put your foot forward to help me. I'm like, you know, she's fixing the dishwasher. She's doing all these other things too on top of it. And he feels like he's not needed now. Now, now it's like gone yeah, to the it, other it just, it just kind of like, dominoes, yeah. right? And so the, the thing I'm always emphasizing with, with the men is like, look, guys, you need to be in continual pursuit of your wife. Or just the relationship of like. And you're, because when you, because in fact, I had this conversation with the young guy the other day. He was like, look, man, we're working and, and it's just hard to make time for each other. I go, let me ask you a question. When you were young and you were going to college and you were working, did you figure out a way to make time for your lady? Goes, yeah. I go, what's the difference? It's just, you went, you were working in school and working part-time jobs. Now you're working a job. But now he's saying and, kids. And, yeah. And, and he's got kids. He goes, now we don't have time. I go, no. It's about making time. You made time before, make time now, right? And, and I think a lot of marriages struggle because they don't make time for each other. Mm-hmm. Work and the kids become the priority instead of each other. Mm-hmm. And when each other doesn't become the priority, when it loses priority, then everything else becomes an issue. So, okay, you just said something that, is interesting. You said the kids become the priority and not each other. Why does it have to be a hierarchy in that sense? Why do you feel like, or I, I, maybe I'm just assuming you feel like there is a hierarchy because I never see, I guess in our family, I don't see it as a hierarchy. I see it as a family. So as a family unit and trying to take care of all those things together, because I think kids are a priority in our family, as well as each other as a priority. I think they are a, a priority, but I don't think they're the priority. Maybe it's, it's I think, in a certain situation. I think, right. And, and obviously situations are going to deflect your attention, right? I mean, you, your kid has trauma, 
has, you know, emotional baggage, has health issues, right? That requires immediate attention, right? It, it requires you to triage and fix it and all that. That is a priority. But in my opinion, the priority in a family is a relationship uh, but between a husband and wife. Because the moment that the relationship between the husband and wife goes sour, the relationship in the family is soured. And you can see it decay, families decay, when the husband and wife do not have unity, they do not have purpose, they do not have love, they do not have passion and consideration and respect and a servant heart for each other. When they lose those things, it ripples across and destroys the family eventually. I could, yeah, I can see how that can happen for sure. I like the, I like the term that you use servant heart. I do. I like that term. Cause I think that we, it helps when we all equally serve and help each other and respectfully serving each other. I think the, the danger of using the term in my mind, just for me, and I'm oh, sorry, I'm touching my mic. I hope it doesn't rattle is is when I use the word priority in my head, I go, I, I see a hierarchy and I can see how someone might say, well, the, the, if I'm the priority, you know, we are the priority. Screw you kids, whatever I'm going, I'm leaving. I'm doing this. I'm going out. I'm doing, we're yeah, going to go. No, and that's not what I'm like, saying. No, I yeah. know, but yeah. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. This is how the, the interesting thing is, right. Each person and I'm not talking about male, female, any kind of gender, anything issues. Each person is so unique in how they view something. Like you were raised by the same two parents as the rest of your seven siblings, right? Oh yeah. But each kid has um, viewed their relationship with your parents, your same parents and how they viewed life so incredibly differently, just yes. like our own kids yes. do with us. That's true. And so that's why I'm just pointing out the term when you use priority. Um, I understand what you're saying. And that's part of the communication, right? You can say priority. And then when you explain it to me, then I can understand that you're not trying to say, you know, whatever hierarchy and like, I'm more and I'm better, but I could internalize it that way. If I'm being taught that way, I could internalize it that way. And then that becomes gospel to me. Like, oh, that's how I have to do it because yeah. I'm the priority. We're the priority. Whatever kids you want, you go and do your thing. I don't care. And it's it's sad, but that's, I'm not saying sad. No, it's, that's why like, um, and, I'll, and I'm not trying to go off a tangent, but that's why like in schools, I know that the teacher has to have so many different modalities of teaching because of the way each child yes. may receive it. Agreed. So that's all I'm saying. And I understand your priority. Well, well and here, here's the other thing too. Mm -hmm. How many couples wake up and are strangers when their kids leave the nest? Mm -hmm. It's because they haven't made each other a priority through the process of building a family. Process. There. Right? It's, process of building. I like that. Process of building a family. Sorry. I don't no, know. No, no. It's great. But it's like process of building the family together in unity, trying to keep that unity. Um, and, and it is a process, but that process requires trust. That's huge. Yes. Trust that you got my back. I got your back. Communication, respect. I will, I mean, I think love is all part of that. I think that all encompasses love. And the thing is, 
And, and the, the thing is we can talk about this because we've had to, this is our trial. We, we, we work through all this stuff, sure. like trial and error. And we're continually working through this right. with us. And, and I do see that what you're saying is like, they have like, all of a sudden the kids are gone. And specifically, I know where, especially with um, the wife, the mom, she has all she's ever done. And, and I say this because I have friends like this, where they've committed and themselves to their kids um, because dad was doing something else and just doing his work and doing his thing that they no longer know what to do with themselves. And did they have, you know, they didn't have hobbies in the process, or maybe they did have some hobbies, but nothing that they want to continue. I, I don't know how to, I guess I'm trying to explain that then, yes, I don't know if men feel that so much, but I definitely see it in the females, in the, in the relationships, in the homes that they don't no longer know what to do. What's my purpose in life? Because all my kids have grown. And that, and that's why that's an added reason why I think the husband and wife need to be a priority to each other. Yeah. Because if you're not, you lose that sense of purpose. Right. And it's not that the family, I mean, it's not that the family dissolves when the kids leave, but I think to your point, I think a lot of times couples lose their purpose. They lose their identity in some ways. Right. And they're trying to struggle and grapple with, all right, now how do we do things together? Because we're not used to it. Right. We put all our energies in the kids. We neglected our relationship. And now we're having to rebuild that relationship and instead of just it being a transition into, all right, what do we get to do now together as a couple? Yeah, that's true. It's like, or yeah, like trans transitioning and, it, it is that whole thing that I think that we've, at least you and I've um, instilled in our relationship from the beginning is that we would date each other always. Yes. So we would go on a date once a week um, just to make sure that we were always taking care of each other. And this is like the perfect time where we would just talk and share feelings or whatever. A lot of times it was talking about the kids yeah. um, and stuff like that. But then, you know, I mean, you have to do it how it feels comfortable to you, but where, where, where that could be lost um, in the family, um, it, it, that's, that's what could be lost. And it's also, like you're saying, translated into the kids where, oh, I don't have to date my soon-to-be or to-be wife, or I don't have to date my to-be husband. I got to just take care of kids. It's all translated. They all can see it. The kids are very, very wise um, because they absorb everything that there that is an example to them. When I think about our daughters and I think about our boys too, right? But in particular, I think about a comment that you shared with me that one of our daughters shared with you about her boyfriend. She said, he treats me like dad treats you. Mm. Right. And I think that's, why making your relationship a priority is because your kids watch how you work together, how you play together, how you interact, how you deal with problems, how you deal with disagreements, right? Your kids are watching and they need that model, that productive model of, of how a relationship can be. To me, it's like the, the foundation of a strong family is a husband and wife that are invested in each other. And I recognize, 
and kudos and accolades and just supreme respect for men and women who walk as single parents. I mean, I, how you do it is absolutely humbling. It's inspiring. And kudos to you because you're taking on the responsibility of two people. And that is a heavy, heavy load. And it's a lonely road, right? And unfortunately, there are many families that are working through that. And that ripples across the children, right? And so I that really is my intent in having my podcast, Father's Fires, to really bring home the importance and power of having an involved husband, an involved father that is present. You know, it's like I was listening to one of my older podcasts with Ty Watson. He goes like, look, I don't have to be the perfect dad. I just need to be present. I need to be involved. I need to be engaged. And that makes all of the difference. And how I do that doesn't matter. Because my kids are different than your kids. I'm different than you, right? So figure out what works for your family and create joy and happiness and unity and ultimately love in your family. Well, okay. So now when you said being present, he just has to be present. What it, I want you to define what you think that present means. Because you just said, you said how you do that doesn't matter. So they could be present by being in the room. Yeah. And that's, let me, let me, I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of men think, oh, I came home and I'm sitting in the, in the couch or I went out to the garage and I'm tinkering, I'm working on the cars, but that doesn't mean that they're present. They may physically be there, but are they emotionally present? Are they connected with their kids? Are they engaged? Are they helping with homework? Are they going to their soccer games or their music recitals or their song performances, right? Being present is being involved. Okay, good. Now we went, <laughs> we went from man card, <laughs> like vulnerability um, to obviously your podcast, which focuses more on dads. So I want to bring it all the way back to um, how do you suggest, or have you, since you've been talking to other men, how do they um, become more vulnerable, allow them to see that, allow others? Because like, let's just say you've been, you do come, you're the one that does come home and you just sit your butt down. Now, what do you do? Because you're like, okay, I really want to be involved. So, and I really want my kids to know that I do have a softer side because I do care about them, but I'm scared to transition to be more, open with that. I don't know how to, because it is scary. It is scary to change yourself. So what would you say could be the first thing that you do? I think it really gets back to having a servant's heart, right? When you have a heart of serving the ones that you love, it becomes easy to do things around the house, to help with homework, to to talk to your kids, right? And I think about so many times men, they feel like they've lost something in their relationship with their kids or with their wife. And I, and I often remind them, I'm like, look, when you were dating, you went out of your way to spend time with your lady. I mean, if she lived an hour away and she called you at 11, 11 p.m. and said, hey, I'd love to see you. Can you bring me a Frosty? 
dude, you would have gotten your car, drove the hour, swung by Wendy's, grabbed a frosty, and showed up at her door, talked till three in the morning, and then went back home. Somewhere we have lost that servant's heart. And it was because at that time you were trying to prove that you were Prince Charming, that you were the man of her dreams. Well, somewhere we lost that pursuit. And so I think that if you really need to connect, you got to get into a servant's mindset, right? And not that you're the whipping boy, but that you have an honest desire to help and love and support and be there for somebody. Because you think about, you know, when you were, when you were first dating, dude, if she wanted to talk, you listened, <laughs> right? And you expressed your dreams. And you're like, oh, we could do this together. And somewhere through having kids and having the strain of working and all that, somewhere we lose that joint purpose of building together. And here's the challenge. A lot of men have either worked too much or have been absent. They've broken hearts. And then they, they come to themselves and go, you know what? No, dude, this isn't the man that I want to be. How do I reconnect? And so they try to reconnect and they say, I'm sorry, but they forget the most important thing is that their child or their wife may not be ready to fully connect. Because they have to go through their healing process just as well as you are going through your healing process. And so having the patience and the dedication to even when you don't feel like you're making steps forward to continually keep investing and keep serving and keep being there and being and extending your love and your heart over time, they will see that you're that you're living up to your word and that, and it's a process. It's a journey. And I think a lot of men and women get frustrated because all of a sudden they say, I'm sorry, I'm changing. And they expect everything to go from this point to this point overnight. Well, and then that's where I love the term space for grace. You have to leave space for yourself in your journey of being um, changing and space for grace for yourself and grace for the other person who you are that is trying to heal from whatever also they're learning. So I think that if you just acknowledge the fact that nobody knows anything perfectly, but we're all trying and trying to be better, then, you know, that you'll have to allow that journey and that path for that person. Yeah. And I think the other part of that, and I just, I just love all the things that you've said is that you have to also realize and figure out if it's worth it. That's really what it is. Is it, is it worth it to you? That's the question I think you have to ask yourself in anything that you're doing, work, family, yourself, individually, is it worth it for me to, um, go to the gym because I just want to be, you know, exercise and be healthy. Is it worth it for me to put down that ding dong so that I don't have, you know, my health issues that I have? Is it worth it to take the time to go, okay, I kind of screwed up here. I really need to change my ways. Um, I'm going to put myself out there and go, Hey son, you want to go and, uh, 
fix the car with me? Do you want to go to a movie? Do you want to go to um, have coffee with me? Do you want to go throw the ball? Whatever, son, daughter, whoever. Um, and that's not comfortable for you, but it's, is it worth it to you to do that? And that's probably, I would say, bottom line. Is it worth it to make the changes to make it better? Yeah, I, I love that. Is it worth it? And to me, um, if you want to have a happy home, you want to have a happy relationship with your or your a happy wife, life for yourself. Well, and I was going to say that you know, happy relationship with your kids, or just be happy with yourself. You have to ask yourself: Are the changes that I need to make in my life? And I think a lot of times we think about the things that we need to do, like it's a checklist. Instead of going, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? When we get into the mindset of what do I want to be, then the doing becomes a part of the process of being. Well, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> always love the about, conversation. Thank you so. for talking about your father's fire podcast. This brings us to, we'll talk on the next episode about, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> You'll it come just, up with something. No, I just think that it's going to be, it's good. It's a, there's a lot of things that we need to do to help ourselves in our society to bridge the gap of black and white thinking. So that's why we have into the gray. Have a great day. Peace. See ya.